Welcome to The Color Line, an audio presentation of the Black Experience. Episode 1 first time I realized I was black, I was relatively young. This was in third grade when I first moved from Newark, New Jersey to Livingston, New Jersey. Growing up in Newark, the area that I lived in was predominantly black. The school that I went to was just like a couple of blocks away and the majority of the students there were black or Hispanic. So skin color and race didn't really, wasn't really an issue. It definitely wasn't something that was lingering in my thoughts or it wasn't something that I questioned. Um, it wasn't until family moved to Livingston, which is very suburban. It is a predominantly Jewish community. I believe last time I checked, it was the most predominantly Jewish community in the United States with the population being like 49 or 50%. Jewish people living there so um, you know once again I thought nothing of it up until I enrolled to the elementary school I got there and I noticed that there were very little students who were black or students that looked like me everyone was white no one had you know my hair texture or anything like that you know and especially I was I was the newer kid usually in Livingston people kind of just grew up together you know so kids knew one another I was just new so of course eyes were on me I noticed like I I looked different parents never really gave me a spiel on race I think it was one of those things where it's kind of just like you'll know when the time's right a lot of things in my life, my parents didn't really like sit me down and have a discussion about really. It was one of those things where it was like, okay, you know better, you're smart enough, you watch TV, you read, you read enough, you'll know. So it's, it's, it, 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 I definitely never had a relationship like that with my parents. Yeah, so I think that was the first time that I realized that I was black. I never, it never really bothered me until maybe around when I started fourth grade. I had a teacher who was, she just seemed to constantly be mean to me for no apparent reason. Being Haitian American, my parents were born and raised in Haiti. My parents pretty much instilled, let's see, like strict, eh, I'm not gonna really say strict. Oh yeah, my parents were strict in a sense. You know, you were raised and taught to be respectful to your elders. You know, you don't talk back, you know, you don't roll your eyes or anything like that. So you never really misbehaved or act out of character or otherwise, you, you know, you just get spanked or something. But so kind of with that sort of upbringing, I never really considered myself to be a bad kid. I was, I mean, like, like normal kids, I would get in trouble here and there, but I would never just be blatantly disrespectful. So, of course, those disciplines kind of just kind of carried on into my academic life. You know, I always, you know, listened to my teachers. You know, I was always told to be respectful. You know, I always listened to authority. Like I was actually really scared to get in trouble. I hated the idea of getting into trouble. 
just because I'd be scared of like what my mom would say <laughs> if I got into trouble with anybody. My fourth grade teacher, uh, her name was Mrs. Thaw. She, uh, she was probably the meanest teacher that I've ever had. And back then I never really realized it up until now when I kind of look back and kind of just remember my experiences growing up in Livingston. It's kind of like resonating with me now a little bit that Mrs. Thaw might've been maybe like slightly racist. And the reason why I say that was just because like, yeah, for some reason she was always mean to me. I always seemed to get in trouble for the most minute things like I said, I never really was a bad kid. I never really got in trouble for anything. But for some reason, Mrs. Thaw always found a reason to keep me in from, you know, just keep me in, in re during recess. So like all the other kids would go off to recess and, and play. And I was always stuck inside doing book work. The only other person who had darker skin was um, another classmate of mine who was Indian. and. Probably Mrs. Thaw just completely overlooked that because he was Indian, he wasn't black, probably in her eyes. But it was just, I was just picked on for the littlest things. I remember one time we were in class going over math problems and I remember she, she read a solution to us and she asked the class, she was like, okay, if you guys know the answer, to this problem raise your hand and of course like I knew the answer to it so just like she said if you know the answer raise your hand so I raised my hand but for some reason out of every other kid she picked me and she's like Dominique do you even really know the answer or are you just raising your hand because everybody else did and it, she just always used to put me on the spot like that and it always used to make me feel bad and you know my mom you know bless her soul like she used to go out of her way to make Mrs. Thaw kind of just, just not be so angry with me. I wish I can have this conversation with her to ask like if she ever felt Mrs. Thaw was, you know, maybe prejudiced or something. Sending her, just, just going out of her way, sending her gifts, you know, like buying her like chocolates or, you know, cards that were saying, thank you, have a great day, handwritten letters. Um, and I was always getting sent home with like some sort of a notice saying that I got in trouble for something little. and. For a while, I thought that I was actually like a bad kid. Like I never, like I thought that there was something wrong with me because Mrs. Thaw always made me feel like there was. But no other teacher has ever, ever made me feel that way. And it's just, I don't know. And you know, now when I think about it this way, like I'm just like, man, that's definitely a time where I've definitely experienced some sort of uh, hatred's not really the word. I don't know what to call it. I get animosity. That was the first time that I've ever felt any sort of animosity from someone of the opposite race, I guess. And I can't help but think that it had to have been my skin color that irritated her so much. No, I don't, I don't think I have any animosity towards them for not really preparing me. I wish I could actually know like how my parents went through it but my parents were never really open with me and that sort of and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I guess, you know, with the relationship that my parents and I have, um, or like the relationship that my father and I have, it's not, uh, it's not really super open. So no, I don't really, I don't know. I know now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, is this something that I would pass along to my children? Yeah, absolutely, I would. I don't know, I think it's definitely something that needs to be passed on. Maybe they feel like it's not really the most comfortable conversation to have. Maybe they don't want to instill any sort of insecurities to their children about 
what they can't change. I mean, that's probably how I would interpret it. You know, it has me thinking like, when's the right time to kind of even really talk to your kid about that? Me, I guess, should it have been when I was in third grade? Maybe. Did my mom try to have some sort of a, like a little side conversation about that or probably try to like indirect, indirectly let me know? I don't remember, she might've. Yeah, it doesn't, if she did, it definitely doesn't stick with me or it's definitely something that I don't remember. Or it just might have been like a conversation that I just deemed insignificant at the time. I don't know. There were a lot of things where I felt like I did not have a lot of things in common with, with the white kids, especially like our upbringings were completely different. There were a lot of times where the white kids used to like annoy me with certain things. Like one day I'd wear my hair short and then the next day they'd see like, you know, that I put braids in my hair or whatever. And then they just ask the dumbest questions like, oh, did you put like fertilizer in your hair or something? <laughs> Like, your hair just grew overnight. Is that, is that your real hair? Go sit down, Becky. I, I don't have time for you right now. And I'm like, y'all don't understand. It's a black thing. <laughs> but there were, you know, and these kids try to come off as like, you know, they're they're all, they're open. You know, they don't, they don't quote unquote see color or they don't care, you know, if you're black or whatever. It, it's it's kind of weird. It's kind of like they like to hear about the lifestyle of being black without actually being black. Like I remember every time there was like a new kid that came, a new black kid that came. And nine times out of 10, a lot of the, the black kids that would come into the school that were new students, nine times out of 10, they came from a predominantly black area. Like for instance, my one of my closest friends, she came from Irvington. Now, Irvington is hood. <laughs> Irvington is hood. My family used to live in Irvington and then they moved to Newark and then, you know, they moved to Livingston. But she came from Irvington, but you know, a lot of the white kids, you know, gravitated towards her because she was, you know, she was like this chick from the hood. She was like, you know, fresh off the streets, black kid type thing or whatever. I don't know, you know. They, they liked, you know, being surrounded by the black kids that, you know, had experiences in the hood, but God forbid the white kids had to go into the hood for one reason, they'd be scared out of their minds. Like, they wouldn't know what to do. They always used to say, oh, I would never go anywhere near Newark. Okay, that's, they just, they would just say like a lot of ignorant stuff like that. And it's just kind of, it just, it used to really, really get on my nerves. It used to really get on my nerves. And you know what's actually pretty funny? It's probably like half of those kids probably live in Newark now or in like one of the hood areas, quote unquote, whatever. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was just kind of just, I don't know. It was just very annoying to watch them. They're just like, it was like a, like a new toy, like a shiny new penny, but very weird. You get into high school, you know, more black kids. And once again, all the black kids were integrated together. We kind of all stuck together. We were all, we all had very similar stories. Like our parents moved out from poorer areas into a nicer suburban area. And our parents had very similar stories as to why they did it. They wanted the betterment of their kids' lives. They didn't want their kids to grow up in the same situations that they did. They wanted their kids to have a better chance or like a better future I guess so a lot of them you know pretty much had the same similar upbringings and the same similar stories so in that sense we all bonded together 
And, you know, sometimes, like, we would do things and the kids, you know, the white kids just wouldn't understand. But it just, I don't know. We, we noticed that we were very different. And, you know, there was a point in time where we actually, I think, well, I'm not going to say we tried to act like them, but just to try to, like I said, just kind of be on, like, a ground level, kind of try to just meet them halfway type thing. So uh, there were there was a point in time where we, we tried, like, I'm not going to say extra hard, but we made sure to emphasize our speech, you know, making sure that we're using proper grammar, you know, over time just kind of being surrounded by like a whole bunch of white kids or whatever, you kind of start to sound white, if you will, or you start to speak proper and that's like another thing. I mean, there were some times where, you know, like I would, you know, you know, going to Livingston and living in Livingston or whatever, I would just be like, okay, yeah, like, I don't know, there were times where I was just like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm black, but I just want to be able to show you, like, I don't know, we can we can have, like, a common ground type thing, but then, like, when, you know, I'm hanging out with the black kids, I'm just like, man, I'm, I want to show that I'm proud to be black, too. Like, I can be, I can be, not both, but, like, I could just prove my worth, I guess, and in a sense of trying to, I guess when I was trying to prove my worth to the white kids, I kind of, I felt like I was losing sense of, being proud to be black. I'm 100% proud to be black now, though. <laughs> I am. Um, but I don't think that I would have gotten here if I didn't go through the experiences that I went through in growing up in Livingston. And